What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Chances. I am your host, Chance Canary. How we doing today? Hope you guys are crushing it. Listen, on Canary Island, the rules are simple. Well, there are none. It's a place where everyone and anything is welcome. No topics are off limits. The trade-off there, guys, your feelings are far from safe. We're going to discuss a lot of things, mainly the American dream. You guys know it as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So if, and only if, you're willing to take some chances, let's dive in. So today I want to address a sort of elephant in the room. Everybody has this concept that, not everybody, but society as a whole victimizes anyone as we've discussed in previous episodes, for trying to set out and trying to be different, trying to make the world a better place. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about helping people to achieve the American dream. Whether you're a young buck coming up or a young doe, for that matter, for making deer jokes, I hope to offer a perspective to the people. You know, as I discussed, I didn't have everything growing up. I had more than I needed, but I can't sit here and tell you I had everything I wanted. My parents, as far as I'm concerned, killed it. You guys aren't aware of it yet, but they raised a legend. Maybe you are aware. Whatever. I'm biased. And a common thread of my life is the golden rule I can remember it from the youngest of times you know my parents always telling me treat people how you want to be treated but something I've come to develop on the a nuance of that theory is don't only treat people how you want to be treated go out every day in life and be the be the person you wish you had And really think about that. I don't know how old you are listening to this. I don't know how young you are listening to this. But it's it's a secondary golden rule. We'll call it the silver rule. If you try and be the person you wish you had in your life, a positive influence, a mentor to a younger generation or even an older generation, somebody that might not be as old as you in life experience as a whole. If you try and bridge that gap and offer that value to the world, it becomes a better place. Whether it's sharing a win or sharing a loss, trying to help people learn what to do, or trying to share, hey, don't do this. You know, it's a common conception of If you touch a stove, a fire, anything hot for that matter, you're going to get burned. Most people won't do it again. Sometimes you have to get burned by that fire more than once to learn your lesson. But that's not a lesson that people can tell you. That's that's a journey you have to take on your own. There's certain scars of life that you have to experience. 
You know, they say the three most motivational things in life is an empty stomach, a broken heart, and an empty wallet. And I can tell you guys, having two of those things will make you feel like you're dying. Being stuck in all three will make you go into some dark places. And there's a lot of people stuck in all three, especially right now as things are about to get a whole lot tighter. Taxes are going to go through the roof. What people don't understand with this big tax bill that they just passed, it's going to add a 15% tax to businesses. Who do you think that's going to get passed to? Us, the people. It's going to get rough. We're going to hit some dark times. Darker than we've ever seen. Darker than we personally know of. You know, the coolest thing has happened since I started this podcast. I've talked to people that I haven't heard from in years and talked to people that I had no idea paid attention to me. A really good friend of mine, Ricky Rickards, always used to say, you know, when we were traveling the country, going out, you know, you're, you're traveling for a living. So a lot of people would just wear sweatpants or gym shorts. And honestly, when we're at the hotel relaxing, we just kind of want to bum it out. But Ricky had a motto. Ricky was always very well dressed. Always made sure he was clean, kept, and presentable. And one day I asked him, you know, Ricky, other than just pride in yourself, I mean, we could be running to the gas station. This dude would get dressed to the nines. You know, he was always trying to pick up his next um, future ex-wife, as I joked with him. But he said something to me one day that stuck with me, and it always will. And Ricky, if you hear this, man, I love you, I appreciate you, and I hope you're killing it. I know you're killing it. But Ricky used to say, Chance, when you see the world, the world sees you. I think about it every day. What is the world seeing in me? Because I'm seeing the world. And I can tell you right now, 99% of the world that we're seeing is completely unaware that we're seeing it. Maybe there's a lot of people out here that just don't care. And that's a very you know, common thought. It's a very known fact that a lot of people just don't care. I made a Facebook post a while back that went semi-viral. Um... Got a bunch of shares, a bunch of likes, you know, the whole nine. A lot of people today will say, I don't get paid enough to care. And the the inverse of that is they don't get paid more because they don't care. You know, they're not trying to offer value in exchange for value. And this goes into any aspect in life. It doesn't just have to deal with a job. And doing more than you're asked to one day be paid for more than you do. This this applies to anything in life. A, a life currency. Input, output. Deposits, withdrawals. You know, if, if you go to a bank and your life is a, a system of deposits and withdrawals, right? whether you're making deposits and withdrawals or other people are making deposits and withdrawals, typically if something's withdrawing more than it's depositing, you're going to try and stop that because now you're in a deficit. 
a lot of people don't take that concept to their lives. A lot of people don't take that concept to other people's lives because they're not even conscious of the fact they might be withdrawing out of other people without ever putting anything back. I try to be a gas man. I have reminders in my phone. Text somebody today. Say, hey, I was just thinking about you. I have a, a roulette. Uh, it's a raffle app. Um, I call it the roulette where I have a bunch of people's names in it and I'll sit there and I'll hit that button a few times until I get five or six names and then I'll text those people or DM them or Instagram or whatever in whatever way I can to get a hold of them and say, hey man, life told me to check on you today and that's the whole purpose of that app. You know, I have no control. I have control of who's in that cycle. I have no control over who gets chosen. And sometimes it's the same people every week or every month. Depends on how often I, you know, I try and do it at least once a week. I try and do it on Sundays to make sure my people are fueled up for Mondays. I try and make sure that some people know that they're cared about. Because I know how much it meant to me when I got a random word of encouragement. Or a random push in the right direction. So I would urge you guys... Be the person you wish you had. Think about any time in your life where you were trying to learn a new skill, a trade, a craft, anything. Any kind of experience you've ever had that you might have wanted to share with somebody or had somebody walk you through it. How could you be of benefit to them? Don't be scorned and go down this path of, well, I didn't have anybody piss on them. They can figure it out too. Nobody wins like that. Then that experience, that knowledge and, and stories and legends and lifetimes of, of things are just forgotten. How much stuff have we forgotten as a civilization? Because people were too ignorant to pass the information down. Too arrogant, should I say, not ignorant. You know, I've grown up in the construction field, and that's a very prominent thing. A lot of people in construction, especially the old heads, you know, they don't want you knowing their tips and tricks because there's this false concept that, you know, you're going to come up and you're going to replace them and you got to earn your stripes and blah, 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 blah. Man, that's so not true. And truthfully, at the end of the day, anything I'm doing, if someone wants to learn how to do it, come on. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. I don't care if you surpass me or you do better than me. I can look at their book of life, their book of work, and, and what they bring to the table. If you're better than me, you were just meant to be better than me. If I can show somebody anything, and it takes... Two, three months, a week, a year, any, any time period out of their life to allow them to get to something quicker, everyone wins. Civilization wins. This isn't a me versus Jim Bob down the street. This is me trying to leave a positive on the world. I'm not going to be here forever. I don't want to be here forever. But while I'm here, I want to make it count. I want to know that I did all I could do. I made a Facebook post and an Instagram post about this today that, you know, I kicked myself in the ass for the last week about 
not doing this sooner? Because the truth of the matter is, guys, I had this crazy perspective that I had to come out swinging and be like Rogan and Andy Frisella and Ed Milet and Dan Fleischman and any of these guys that have such super good together content. Like I was going to come off the bench with a couple hundred bucks worth of equipment and produce a five-star, multi-million dollar level podcast. Like the ignorance of that thought kept me from producing this podcast for over a year. You know, in the last episode I said I was I try not to look at the analytics, but it's so exciting now that I'm I'm seeing the reach. I have no interest in in the vanity of it. And it's not an ego thing. It's so cool to see that I'm sharing my heart, my feelings, my experiences, and people are listening to it across the world. My podcast has been heard in 17 different states in the United States, five countries across three continents in five days. Or five episodes now. A little over seven days by the time this airs. That's insane. You couldn't do that 20 years ago. Hell, you couldn't make a newspaper ad get that kind of exposure. And I hop on and in all of a 15 to 30 minute podcast, share a little message and it goes out across the interwebs to parts unknown and some person in India is listening to me pour my heart out and share about the American dream. Maybe that's the person that gets the concept of what the American dream is and they fight to get here. And then they get here and they go to medical school or invent some crazy invention. Maybe the next Nikolai Tesla and completely reform the world before our eyes. But it would have never happened if some kid from Alabama didn't hop on a microphone and share the story of the American dream. Hell, I don't know. I mean, that's a cool backstory, right? It's a cool thought. Could it happen? Sure. Will it happen? I don't know. I can guarantee you it never has an opportunity of happening if I'm not here now. And all I can ask myself, you know, I had somebody ask me, was I, was I serious that I've been planning to do a podcast for as long as I have? Or was I just, you know, oh, I've been talking about this for a while. I ordered my microphone, this super expensive, not needed microphone. Just because I wanted it to look right. I wanted to feel the part. I wanted to have this studio quality, you know, just awesome microphone because it's what I wanted. I ordered this thing on February 10th, 2021. Almost 17 months ago. So yeah, guys, I've had this thing planned for a while. Because even before I ordered the mic, I reached out to my buddy Cliff about helping out, helping me out with some artwork. And kind of, he had just started his podcast and he had done a couple of episodes and me and him had just kind of started to form our relationship and we went back and forth and talked about a bunch of different stuff, just life mainly, you know, just cool common banter between a couple dudes. And he's quite a bit older than me, but he's got so much life experience to share and I was inspired by him and he told me I needed to share my story and then I had other people tell me, Chance, 
you know, you've done a lot of living and not a lot of time, buddy. That's amazing. Like, I went from child zero to local dream chasing hero. And I'm not anything special. I know I'm not, and I don't expect to ever be. But I can tell you guys I've been there. I've been exactly where you're at. Questioning, will it be worth it? I want to do X, Y, Z, but. No buts. I want to do X, Y, Z, and then I'll be happy. Well, then go do it. I guarantee you if you don't, you're not going to be happy. But if you do it, you might be. Which is 100% better than definitely not. Yeah, but I don't have enough money. Find a way. If you want it bad enough, find a way. No one will ever tell me for the rest of my life I can or cannot do something. I know I can do almost anything that I want. Obviously, I can't go out here and beat LeBron James in a one-on-one game. That's just not going to happen. Unless I kick him in the shin or take him out somehow. But on a realistic, achievable scale of what's possible in life, truthfully, guys, what we've been told since we were children, if you can see it and you can believe it, you can achieve it. I was a little nobody kid from Pell City, Alabama, born in Lancaster, California, transplanted because of family, blah, 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 blah. I grew up loving pretty much anything motorsports, action sports, really. I remember the first time I saw a dirt bike. I wanted one immediately. I was hooked. I remember my dad told me I couldn't have a dirt bike until I could pedal my bike up our driveway. And our driveway is about 120 foot long at probably a 30 degree incline. It's a steep haul for an 8 year old. And once I finally decided that I needed that dirt bike... Every day I was out there riding that bike up that hill, trying and trying and trying and trying. And I'm not going to say it would have been impossible for an 8-year-old, but uh, on a single-speed huffy, I didn't have a good gear ratio. I finally learned that if I carried enough speed out of the backyard, I could carry enough up to get about halfway up, and then I could I could still never make it all the way. I could get about three-quarters, and then... There was a hump in the driveway I could never get past. But my dad saw my persistence and finally brought home my little PW Yamaha. He put me on it, showed me where the throttle was, and I was gone. And I rode and rode and rode and rode and rode in the front yard with the headlights on for hours. And did it every night as soon as he'd get home. Dad, bike! Dad, bike! I grew up with this Love in my heart. Motocross was probably, truthfully, my first love. And then this magical thing happened. All of a sudden, one Saturday, I open my front door and I hear dirt bike noises. And one of the best tracks in the southeastern, if not the country, was literally a mile from my front door. As I would get older, I'd spend a lot of time around tracks... You know, mostly just riding because my parents were afraid to let me race. And then once I was old enough to kind of race on my own, that's when I got into racing. And I was never going to be good enough to go pro. 
as a young kid, I had some natural talent on a bike, but my parents didn't know, and I was not going to be a phenom, but I was in love with the sport. I didn't care about anything when I rode. I was free. And as I got older, I kind of got away from it because a lot of my friends had moved off or I didn't have anybody to ride with and I got hurt and this, that, and the other. And then, you know, I had to do the old college try and I went away to school. I didn't have anybody to tell me how to chase a dream or to know what to want or to coach me through college or, you know, my parents are honest, hardworking people, but by no means did they have, you know, a Tony Robbins in their corner coaching them up for them to turn around and be the same thing to me. They had a, they had a blind faith of encouragement to me. They've always told me, Chance, you're going to be able to do anything you want to do because I have this crazy ornate ability of hyperfixation. When I decide I'm going to do something, you better be God if you're going to stop me. One way or another, I will win. I will have my way through sheer force and persistence. I will win. So I went to college for three-ish semesters, two full semesters, and about halfway through the third one is when I decided I was done. I was sitting in English class, and for our English final, my teacher said, I want you to write a paper on life experience. Now understand, guys, this was 2011, summer of 2011. Um, I was 19, just turned 19. 18. Just turned 19. And what kind of life experience does a 19-year-old have? I raised my hand. I asked that question. I said, well, what do you want to know? What kind of life experience could I possibly talk about? And the teacher replied, well, anything you deem to be the experience of your life, Chance. And it hit me. I was wasting my time. I didn't need to write about life experience or what I thought it was. I needed to go get it. I closed my book and I went to walk out of class and she asked me where I was going. I said, well, as long as my paper is grammatically correct, there's 0% way I can fail this assignment. It is my opinion of the experience of my life. Therefore, I do not need to be in this room to write this paper. And I walked out. I was walking back to my dorm. It was about a 20-minute walk across Jacksonville's campus. And I called my mom. And I said, I'm coming home. This is pointless. It's a waste of my time. I'm not sure why I'm here. But I'm 100% sure of the fact that I need to get life experience. My mom said, if that's how you feel, honey, all I did was make you promise me that you would try, and you've done that. But you know the rules. If you come home, you've got to get a job. So I came home. I got a job. I still had one dirt bike left. And a buddy of mine called me. Hey, man, we're all going riding this weekend. You want to come? You damn right I do. Fresh off of my college whatever you want to call that, party 101 vacation, 
most expensive uh, tuition I've ever paid in my life. And I call tuition a generalized concept. And by tuition, I mean I paid for an education. And that doesn't mean I, I was always at a school to get an education. There's a lot of ways in life you can pay for education. I was hooked. In that moment, I knew as soon as my leg went over the bike and I fired that 125 two-stroke up for the first time to go ripping through trails with all my friends, this is where I want to be. Some way, shape, form, or fashion, this is where I want to be. Little did I know, the next week I would befriend a boy by the name of Alex McWilliams who was an up-and-coming local pro whose parents just so happened to own that track from across the street. I had no idea who he was at the time. We had some mutual friends. We all hung out. We all had a good time. And over time, Alex would become like a brother to me. To this day, I call him family. I'm his son's godfather. And Alex's family owned a promotion company, and they ran one of the largest amateur racing leagues in the country. We'd travel across six or seven states putting on races anywhere from Georgia to Iowa. I've worked races in Florida, Illinois, Iowa, Tennessee, uh, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. I think I did one in Mississippi. And that doesn't even include once I was able to achieve the dream of going to work for Supercross. A little nobody kid from Alabama who was told that dream to work at the top of the industry was childish. People like that, people like us, don't have things like that happen to us. I was told that as a child, not a preteen, teenager, junior high-ish. Things like that don't happen to people like us from places like this was the exact words of the person that told me that. And I'm not going to throw them under the bus of who they are. They know who they are. I've addressed it. The day I got my job offer, of which I made more in six months than their salary in the school system paid. And I walked in. I showed him that offer. And I said, hey, you might not remember this, but I spent every day of the last decade of my life, at the time it was pretty close to a decade, being fueled by the fact that somebody told me things don't happen to people like us from places like this. Those kind of things don't happen to people like us from places like this. But it does. And it did. And so to bring all of that full circle, guys, that's why I'm here. I didn't have someone blindly rooting me in my corner. Even the entire time I was chasing that dream of one day being able to make it to Supercross, I traveled this country far and wide working every event I could. Racing the events that I wasn't working, just trying to network and market and meet anyone that could put me in that room. And my buddy Ricky Rickards, 
was the guy to do it. I met him at a race at our local track, Mill Creek, the one a mile from my parents' house. It was his first race with what was called the Brett Downing Safety Foundation. And he would soon transition into Supercross because he got pulled under the wings of Michael Rocco. Ricky became a safety coordinator, but he had to be on the tour for a year as, uh, we'll just call him a standard tour guy, an ops guy. And as he got upgraded to safety, someone had to fill his position. And he knew of this crazy kid from Alabama that'd do anything to get there. And I did. And I achieved a childhood dream. And now, it is my duty, my responsibility, to make sure that anyone knows that if they have a dream, a mission, a feeling in their heart, a message they feel like they need to send to the world, if it can be of value and provide a positive outlook and experience on life and change somebody's life for the better, even if it's just one person. Be the person you wish you had. Do you wish you would have had somebody like me telling you? Do it. Chase it. Figure it out. Go work two extra jobs if you have to to get yourself closer to what you think your dream is because I promise you guys, it's worth it. I can relive the exact moment I realized I was in my dream. And to this day, it makes me emotional. Almost nine years of my life was invested in that very moment when over my radio, I hear, send them out. If you guys go look at my Instagram or my Facebook and you scroll back far enough, you'll see it a completely redded out picture from the flares that I took in the moment I knew I was living a dream. It's possible for anyone You want to be the best? Put in the work. You want to work with the best? Put in the work. Some people are going to get it easier than others. I spent eight years of my life trying to get to that position, and two guys got hired off of a whim because we were shorthanded, and they hired some people off of a Craigslist ad. Some people just walk through the doors you beat the world down for. The difference when you stand on that stage, you appreciate it more. You're willing to fight for it. You know what it took to get there. You've got the battle scars, the adversity, and the experience to know you know how to navigate that terrain. If it always comes easy, you never learn. People laugh at me when I tell them my favorite thing to do nowadays is fail. Because you only learn through failure. You don't learn through success. There's so much data you can extrapolate from failure. And the irony of of that whole concept there is if you were the person to fail and you learned that lesson can you share it? can you save someone the time the effort the heartache the stress the anxiety of maybe not having to learn that lesson the hard way maybe they're they're a common sense human And they can realize that, hey, you know, when so-and-so touched that stove, they got burned. That's hot. That looked like it hurt. Maybe I shouldn't do that.
if we can be better examples of who we wish we would have had and understand that when we see the world, the world sees us. And what example does that set? What example are we leaving behind to the generations behind us? You know, in the, in the post I referenced earlier, I mentioned that I was scared to put out my first po- podcast because it sounded terrible. But I was holding myself against the standard of the greats. And then I put it out anyway. And it seemingly landed with a resounding group of people because I've had nothing but crazy amounts of encouragement over the last week. Which tells me there's good in the world. Which tells me there's people striving for positive, positive reinforcement. There's, it tells me there's people that out there that still want to dream and they have hope. They just don't know which way to go. They don't know how to go from A to B, and that is why I'm here. Because I've transversed that terrain. I was overweight, and I lost 35 pounds. I've been there. I've been fat fat and depressed and so caught up in my life that I turned into this blob of what in the hell am I? Unrecognizable to who I was in myself. I was so caught up in my life, it hit me at one time. I literally... I swear to this day, and I tell people all the time, it was like I got out of the mirror, or I got out of the shower, and I looked in the mirror, and when I saw myself, it was like I saw myself for the first time in months. I went from being 180, 185 pounds, the best shape of my life, to 205 pounds of where did this come from? And I didn't look good. I looked like a blob. But I had people surround me because I was willing to put in the work that were the people they wish they had and they encouraged me like they wish they had been encouraged they had my back and coached me like they wish they would have been coached they taught me everything they wish they would have learned about health and nutrition and leading a better life and being a better example And now it's my turn to give back. It's my turn to tell you guys that if you want to lose that weight, get your feet moving. You want to lose that weight, put a little bit less bad stuff in your mouth to start. Drink more water. Put the soda down. If you feel like you absolutely need soda, wean yourself off. Start with diet. At least you're not packing your body full of sugar. It's possible, guys. I don't care if you're 400 pounds. I've got a buddy of mine in my my group with First Form, one of my dark horse mates, Terry. Terry has lost over like 180 pounds. He's literally lost half his self. I think he was like 360, 350. And last time I talked to him, he was down 170, 175 pounds. Like that is insane. That's a whole human. He started one foot at a time. One meal at a time. One day at a time. He didn't start being the best of the best. Terry's one of the best people that I've had the privilege of meeting. Terry, if you hear this, I mean it. You know that. You know I got your back, brother. I know so many people who are living their dreams daily because they were willing to take a chance to do so. And now they give back because they're busy living the life trying to be the person they wish they had. 
So I'm going to close it out with that, guys. Be a positive reinforcement of life. Be the person you wish you had and treat people how you want to be treated. And life gets a lot better. A little bit of house cleaning here. If you guys got anything out of this, if it made you happy, made you sad, made you cry, made you laugh, please share the show. If you know somebody that can hear this and needs somebody in their life to tell them what I just said, share it. This doesn't change unless we change. And the only way we change is if we start to understand the mission. If we start to understand what's possible, we can start to allocate ways to do what's possible. Once we can start to understand that, we can get behind it. Once we get behind it, a movement is formed. Once a movement's formed, the world changes, guys. And we need to get back to that. Back to the American dream. Back to being the best we can. As personally excellent as possible. Then, and only then, will will we be able to fulfill our potential. I hope you guys, uh, I hope you guys have a really good day. Depending on when you hear this, maybe it's a really good night. And I hope you guys kill it. If you're listening to this, do me a favor. Drop me a drop me an Instagram message or a Facebook message or a text message. Let me know what you think. Rate the podcast on whichever platform you're on. I think we're live on five or six platforms now. I know we're on Amazon Music, Apple. There's a couple of them that come with being on Apple. Uh, obviously Spotify, Overcast, and uh, we're waiting on Google Play. There's an application process, and it hasn't been cleared yet. But if you guys could rate and review the podcast, let us know what you think, maybe a topic you want us to discuss. Um, I do have a couple of people that I'm working on uh, bringing, some, bringing in some people to do some interview-type stuff, um, You know, people that I believe can offer positive reinforcement and tell you how they made it through adversity and how they're they're battling that today to achieve the best form of them and best life possible for them their version of their american dream <laughs>